Hi, and welcome to Deep Dive with Jamie Stein, where we take a deep dive look at all things reality TV, pop culture, and the world at large. I'm an intuitive and an empath, which means I pick up on the thoughts, feelings, and energy percolating in other people in the world around me. I believe there is meaning waiting to be found at every turn, if you're willing to see it. So join me as we dismantle everything from trash TV to high spiritual concepts and learn more about ourselves, each other, and how we're all connected. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Deep Dive with Jamie Stein. I have to say that I am very, very excited about today's episode because we are going to be deep diving a subject that is near and dear to my Bravo TV loving heart. And that subject is none other than Tom Sandoval. Now, I want to just start this off by clearly stating I am a huge Tom Sandoval fan. He's had a special place in my heart really since uh, as soon as I started watching the series. I remember watching season one where he didn't play much of a huge role at that point, but I remember there was one scene where he was imitating Shayna's dance moves. I think at that point she was recording her single or she was pioneering some sort of music career. And I remember he was imitating her dance moves, I think walking around Larchmont Village. And I remember he busted out into this elaborate, committed, very feminine dance routine. And I remember just being so shocked and surprised by it and thinking, wow, like Tom Sandoval just really committed to that dance routine in a very non-ironic way. And it, it very much tickled me. And then I remember at the first season reunion when they were discussing Jax and all of Jax's shenanigans. And Tom just had this moment where he really seemed near tears And he looked at Jax and he said, you know, it's so hard for me to see you like this. And again, it was just one of those moments that really took me aback. And I found myself feeling like, oh, this guy really cares about his friends. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He has very strong emotions. And I like him. And it's been interesting because... I feel like back in the day, not a lot of people liked him. And then I feel like there was a moment in recent seasons where a lot of people started coming around on him. And now I feel like people don't like him again. But I, through it all, I remain a Tom Sandoval fan. I I do think he's got a huge heart. I'm not saying he is not without his flaws. None of us are. And we'll get into all of it today. But I enjoy, I, I appreciate Tom Sandoval. So I'm just excited to jump into Tom Sandoval. And I feel like now is the perfect time. Vanderpump Rules is coming to the end of its season. Who knows if it's even coming back. So it kind of feels like now or never. And who better to join me in deep diving one of my favorite Bravo celebrities than a favorite guest of the pod, Piper Sample. Hello, Piper. Welcome. Hi, Jamie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I am good. I'm, I'm coming off a long week, so it's Friday afternoon. I'm really looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> All right, great. Well, we'll get it off to a rip-roaring start. Get a little All right. tom-tom into your Friday evening. <laughs> So where do we start? I mean, obviously, Tom has been a pivotal part of this season. It's a stripped down season, right? After they fired so many of the main cast members. And um, Tom has taken even more of a starring role. Obviously, there's been a huge storyline about this antagonism 
between him and Katie, which I'm very drawn to because to me, this plays into things that I've sensed and felt about Tom for a long time around his ambivalence, I think, concerning women and his relationship to them, uh, which I also think plays out in his relationship to Lisa Vanderpump. Uh, I thought there was a really interesting and telling scene in the season finale when he's standing at that bar with Lisa Vanderpump, just so clearly wanting her approval and not getting it. And then you feel his frustration and you feel his rage. And I know a lot of people have really had questions about what is getting Tom so triggered in these, you know, in the dynamic with Katie. He clearly has a lot of charge and a lot of feeling to the point that at one point in the season, he's literally going back to years ago when he and Katie had a shouting match over Stasi's book signing at TomTom, which in and of itself was another example of Tom getting charged and heated around a woman. And in all of these instances, it feels like we never quite get to the core of what's actually going on with them. It's like he tries to articulate something and he reaches maybe for the closest available thing that could make sense and justify why he's having such a heated reaction, but it feels like we never really get into the true heart of it. Uh, So yeah, my intention today is maybe for us to explore a bit and see if we can get a little bit more clarity into the possible origins of what's going on with Tom in these situations and in his relationship with women, which I also think is about his relationship with his friends and who he surrounds himself with, like the men in his life, and I think his relationship to his creative energy. So having said all that, I'm just curious, do you, even as I just bring in these themes and these topics, is there anything that comes up for you or is there anything that you want to say as far as like what you've been sensing in Tom all along? You know, your love of Tom is maybe different than my experience of him. I'll say that to to start. It's not that I don't enjoy what he brings to the show. And I definitely feel his heart for sure. And, you know, the main feeling that I have around him always is that he tries way too hard, you know, and that trying too hard piece. And maybe it's just the nature of the show you know, I'm I'm more of a, I guess, devotee to Housewives than Vanderpump. So I didn't catch the earlier seasons of Vanderpump. So, oh. you know, I'm kind of newer to the scene. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I just want to kind of lay that out there. But I would say the last couple seasons, you know, he's he's consistent. He feels consistent in his level of energy that he brings. It's always over the top. Now, I'm interested in what drives that. And I'm feeling you relating to his relationship with women. And I think that's certainly in there. But you also used the word ambivalence. I feel an ambivalence with him kind of in relationship to maybe his sexuality, his I mean, maybe now he feels like he's owning it a little more. I don't know. There's something I've noticed the way he's dressed a little more fluid, I would say, a little less binary than he was before. So I I feel ambivalence and a trying an extra, an extra (laughs) um, with him. So I would love to know a little bit more about your interest in his relationship with women. Yeah, because I think it's all connected. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
I didn't realize you hadn't seen the early seasons. Okay, this mm-hmm. is interesting. So you didn't see him dating Kristen? I did see some of it. You know, I think I kind of caught some of those things, but I think I was just like watching some of them and then couldn't get into it. And then when I did get into it, it was maybe two seasons ago. Well, so maybe I'll tell you a little bit about the trajectory of my own exploration, you know, around his relationship to women. And then maybe that'll help kind of spark things off. Because I want to say something I'm already noticing, because I believe when we have these conversations about specific people or specific casts, I really do believe we create an energetic field and that what happens in this field is information. And I just notice, like I notice I don't know if I'd call it a fear or a hesitation. It's, it's, I mean, people can't see me at home, but it's like I'm making a big circle with my finger. I feel this energy that just wants to take the long way around and circle around these issues of Tom's relationship to women and sexuality and creativity. Like there's something in me that pulls back from just diving in head first. And so I just think that's interesting, right? It feels like it's connected somehow to Tom and his relationship to his own energy and like what it would mean for his energy to just run full force in a direct way. Because even when you mention he tries too hard or you didn't say too hard, but he, you know, he's extra, which I agree with. But what I think is interesting about that, it's almost like he's extra as this way to keep himself small or he's extra in these avenues that are small so he'll give like a hundred and ten percent to james's like coachella engagement right but that's not necessarily something that's moving the needle forward in his own creative and professional life and then even when it comes to his own creative and professional life like with the bar that they're opening it's stalled you know there's no progress he's obsessing over the details he's being extra and obsessive in this way that slows the current down so i always see that extraness even though on the surface it looks big and it's bold and i do think that says something about tom's creative energy i think he's a big bold guy but what i always notice is there's this way that he's either funneling it into things that kind of don't really go anywhere other than just like, yeah, it's a gag for the show. And then, like I said, even in terms of the things that should be moving his professional life forward, it kind of holds him back in a way. So I know that was a bit of a digression, but I just want to kind of bring that in and name it. Yeah, I'm actually glad you did because that is the exact, like for me, that extra is hiding something. Yes. And you're saying like it keeps something small. So it feels to me like fear. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is connected to his relationship with women. And I also think his own sexuality. When I say sexuality, I don't necessarily mean sexual orientation. I mean, his sexual energy. And I've got a lot to say about that as well. Um, Awesome. So I guess just to backtrack a little. So I don't know. I'm sure by now you've picked up the gist of what happened. He, when the show started, he was dating Kristen. Stassi was obviously dating Jax. And then at a certain point at the end of season two, it came out that Kristen cheated on Tom by sleeping with Jax. And it was this whole big thing. Now, part of the information that we got was towards the end of their relationship, Tom and Kristen's relationship was pretty unhealthy. They weren't really having sex. I guess according to him, you know, she was really jealous and suspicious and she sort of made life miserable, but he was also really devoted to her. So much so that when it actually came out that she had slept with Jax, first he was in total denial about it and he wouldn't accept it. 
And then once he accepted it, there was this moment in time where he stood by her and everyone was like, Tom, what are you doing? And he basically, I forget, you know, what his thinking was, but he's just like, he, he stayed by her. And it wasn't until the season ended that he finally left her. So it's interesting. So I'm taking that in, right? Because, you know, I look at everything as pattern always. Mm-hmm. And so then he gets together with Ariana. Now, when he first got together with Ariana, it was very much presented as, okay, now he's got the perfect girlfriend. Like the two people who should be together are together. And isn't this great? Which I think there's a lot of truth to that. They feel like a good pair in a lot of ways, right? But what was interesting to me about his relationship with Ariana was as the seasons went on, more and more started coming out about, you know, for example, Ariana doesn't know she wants to get married. She doesn't know she wants to have kids. Also, she disclosed that there's a certain relationship to sexual shame she has. I don't know if you saw it, but there was one season that was literally about her feeling shame over her vagina and it was interesting to me because my sense of Tom from the beginning was that this was a guy who does have a lot of love to give, who's very devoted to the women in his lives and who wants to be having vibrant sex and wants to get married and wants to have kids. Like there was a lot of what I would call, I mean, I call it masculine energy. I, I realize when I use terms like that, people sometimes, I don't mean that necessarily in terms of traditional notions of this is what it means to be a man. And this is what it means to be a woman. To me, it's It's a quality of energy that anyone could have. A woman could have it. A non-binary person could have it. But to me, it's a quality of energy. And to me... And what is that quality? What would you define that quality to be? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it's a great question. How do you put that into words? Let's feel it energetically. I mean, it feels like fire to me. It feels, I mean, outward oriented, certainly penetrating, literally and figuratively. It moves outward. It Uh creates, creating a family. Yeah, mm-hmm. penetrates whoever is in front of mm-hmm. you. Heart connected to that penetration, opening. You know, driving. it's a, yeah. My heart is expressed through helping you open, driving, creating things in the world. Fire, mm-hmm. libido, in a certain t- again in a fiery way. Whereas to me, feminine, what I would call feminine energy for me as an energy, it's more receptive, it's nurturing, it's gestating. It also whereas. I almost think of the masculine energy as the energy of creativity. To me, I experience feminine energy as the energy of creation. And I don't even Mm. know what that distinction is, but that's the language that comes through. So it Uh feels kind of like fire on one hand. And for me, I mean, I guess kind of water, like cool, deep, dark ocean water on the other. Does that help? Thanks. Yeah, definitely. I like the elements. Um, so yeah, Tom, someone I experienced is having this really strong masculine energy, wanting the family, wanting the kids, wanting the heart connection, wanting the sexuality. And it was so interesting to me that's like, okay, we've seen him now with Kristen, where he wasn't getting any of that met with her, and he was quite devotional to her. Now he's with Ariana, the dream girlfriend, and there's still this way where it's like, oh, this energy in him still isn't getting met. And, you know, they've explored this on the show. I mean, it seems like maybe it's mellowed out recently, but in previous seasons, it's really been addressed as like a bind between them. And what are they going to do? She doesn't want to get married and have kids. He does. And it, it all, it's sometimes presented as a stalemate. So for me, as with Tom, I've always just kind of held that as it feels like there's this energy in him that to me felt very connected to him as a man and masculine energy 
that doesn't get to move in relationship to women. And there's a way that there that he feels stifled. And then as I say that, I feel this follow-up thought of like fucked with and that there's something Mm. there where he's pissed about it. But Mm -hmm. he sort of shuts this all down. And so then I start looking at other things, just like his relationship to Lisa Vanderpump. Here, Well, first of all, just by virtue of being on the show, right? It's Vanderpump Rules. So he's getting the fame. He's getting the success. It's underneath the matriarch of Lisa Vanderpump. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. she extends this invitation into TomTom. He's 10%, 5% owner or something like that. So it's like he's starting to get what he wants. He's starting to step into the you know, what you might call his masculine vision for himself or, you know, his creative vision. But again, there's this woman who's pulling the strings and he has to defer to her. And he's like the little boy to the mother. So it's just like, I just start seeing all these things. And then, I mean, I'm saying a lot all at once, but then I start looking at how he reacts to a Stasi, to a Katie. And I start taking in what feels to me like the narratives he writes around those. Because it feels to me sometimes like he really feels like Katie is what's wrong in Tom's life. Katie is the one who holds Tom down. Stassi is the one who somehow holds Jax down, even though Jax and Tom clearly are incredibly, you know, what you might call dysfunctional of their own accord, right? But it always feels like for Tom, there's this narrative that he writes about like, these women hold them down and they don't have their backs like I do. And so again, to me, there's still that flavor of the woman who comes in and holds the guy down and that there's something Tom is trying to do there in the way that he has loyalty to these people who really don't... (laughs) demonstrate necessarily being worthy of such devotion and such loyalty. So, I mean, I know I've said a lot all at once, but I guess I'm just trying to paint a picture of when I talk about ambivalence towards women, that's what I sort of initially saw and what I tend to see over the years. Well, what helps is this way that you've illustrated his relationships with women, the way he's been in relationship with women and how those relationships has limited his his expression, his his ability to to move out in the the way he maybe would want to, but he stays. Yeah. And then who he has trouble with or what he ends up doing is advocating for his friends around women that are controlling from his perspective or strong or limiting his his friends and goes after that rather than maybe dealing with the way he's in relationship with the people that are closest to him or the people that he allows to collaborate with he goes after people that maybe are strong that aren't I don't know like really the relationship I remember Stassi and him just arguing a lot and certainly Katie and he also do the same. So I think he sees something that he's experiencing and wants to navigate that out there again in a way that kind of keeps him small. And when I say small, like not addressing something on his own. So for instance, him spending all this money and creative energy and time helping out other cast members, you realize something beautiful and amazing. And then he's free to do that. He gets like, it's received. He gets, he gets to do that there, but he gets stifled in this restaurant, you know, like the thing that he wants for himself, but what would it take for him? 
what do you feel like it would take for him to to step outside of those wings of the other woman? So interesting. So a few things came to me all at once. And again, this is why I say I don't think it's just about his relationship to women. I also think it's about his relationship to men, which, you know, even when I say that, you know, you it's so interesting because I've experienced him as having strong masculine energy. Certainly people have made fun of him from the beginning for his more... And now I'm talking more in terms of stereotype, but his more like feminine, like, oh, he just he shaves his forehead. He wears male makeup. He does this. He does that. But there's always been a conversation around Tom's being more, quote unquote, effeminate. But it's interesting for me. I never really paid attention to that stuff. His energy felt masculine to me. But then you brought in ambivalence around sexuality. And 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 I agree with you. I have seen him definitely be dropping into something that feels more um I kind of always see it as like a burner type person but you know he definitely feels more I don't know what you would What's label a burner type like person? burning man like someone who's oh, getting ready yeah. to go to burning man like he definitely feels like he's been dropping into something that's a little bit more footloose and fancy free than when he first oh, it's fun I mean I think the way he I I think his expression is super fun mm-hmm. and it's playful I wouldn't even describe it as them more so flamboyant yeah definitely flamboyant but what's interesting is there is also that part of him that does love to cross dress dress up in women's clothes so it's just wait why did i bring this up oh right well it's interesting to me because as i'm tracking all of this right I, i was saying oh this isn't just about his relationship to women it's also about his relationship to men and then it reminds me And this is a guy who, yeah, loves to dress up as a woman, to put makeup on. You brought in ambivalence around sexuality. So suddenly I'm just really feeling that flavor of, you know, whatever you call that. And it's even interesting that part of this conversation started out with me identifying my experience anyway of masculine energy, feminine energy. So maybe there's something really here for Tom around how he orients to both of these energies inside of himself. You know, and then certainly outside of himself, too. Mm. Fluid I... feels like a good word right here. Like, if I were to drop into, you know, like what I wish for him is more of a connection to his fluidity. We haven't even gotten to his mother yet, which okay, I can't. So... But no, no, no. Wait, did I interrupt? Did you fit? Is that all you wanted to say? That's it. Okay. I just that that word came in so strongly because it feels like that's what maybe he's he's stepping into and has just been struggling with and I hope he embraces it well so to go back to your question so there's two things that came up for me so you basically asked what would be required for him to kind of let his wings soar rather than be clipped now I don't know if this is quite the answer you were looking for but where it took me so sorry I'm just I'm having a moment (laughs) take a moment to have your moment I think you know I mentioned before how I had this um kind of feeling of taking the long way around and fear of going into things. And part of what's coming up for me in all of this is just, it feels so complex. You know, it feels like there's a lot going on here. And um, to your point, like fluidity, you know, androgyny. And that was just the moment I had of just feeling how much is actually here and how complex it feels. And so I have to imagine, you know, if we are tapping into something that's true of Tom or for Tom, He's living with a lot of complexity. And Absolutely. I and I wonder almost, you know, I think he grew up in St. Louis. Is that what he said? You know, I wonder about mm-hmm. it just starts getting me curious about, yeah, what kind of space has there been for this kind of fluidity? To what degree is he even conscious of this level of fluidity? You know, I don't know. But uh, that was 
the moment that overtook me of like, wow, there's a lot here. And yeah, if I follow that, he just, he does. He feels like a very rich, complicated guy who's got a lot going on. The thing that I was, when I said earlier, like I've got a lot to say about his sexuality and I'll mention this, but bookmark it because I I do want to come back to the original point. I've always felt the potential of there being this sexual healer in him. Um, Mm -hmm. You probably didn't see this, but in one season he spent a lot of his money uh, recording a music video for the band he was in at the time. And um, I forget. No, what... I've only heard him play his trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes me kind of laugh, but go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, he recorded a video for a song, and I forget what the song was called, but basically what the song was about and what the video was about was about this character, this guy who basically opens and liberates people's sexuality. And in the video, he's, you know, him and his bandmate are like strolling through a library. I think they have like a box or something or they play their guitar. They've got some vessel or vehicle that they activate. And then everyone who's in the library, their sexuality wakes up. And I remember, yeah. And I remember seeing that being like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like he, there's the themes and the patterns are there. And then just seeing how, you know, his desire to help Ariana open up to her sexual energy. I've just always felt in him like there's this sexual healer. So I'm just mentioning that because again, in this place of complexity and 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 richness and fluidity. And and I want to say, you know, on a personal note, Tom's he's really helped me at times because when I was a young I actually was a kid who, um, and I'm talking like really young, but like, you know, pre-teen, pre-adolescence. But I was a kid who for, I forget for how long, but there was definitely a window in my life where I identified more as like the experience of a girl than a boy. And I wanted to be putting on girls clothes. I wanted to wear makeup, play with girls toys. And that is something I outgrew. It's not my experience today, but it was present enough that I felt weird and it's definitely something i felt shame around and so when i see someone like tom on tv who's this straight identified guy like putting on the makeup putting on the woman's clothes like totally leaning into it i have to say it really it actually touches me and i've (laughs) felt at times oh this is kind of healing for the younger version of me who felt so weird and different to like see this guy do this without any shame and so again I mean I'm sharing that because even though it's a personal experience of mine I still take that as information in some way about Tom you know and who he is I think you're identifying a place that he's powerful yeah so to go back to your question though you know what what would he have to do right in order to um, sort of let his wings fly so I just feel like there is something connected to his willingness to own his anger. So I mentioned his mom. So his mom came on the show one season. And the reason why I was like, we have to talk about his mom, his mom talk about, I mean, I'm not going to say she's fluid, but from gender archetypes, she's really interesting. She is this tough, like solid woman. Who's literally a veteran firefighter has literally won awards for saving people's lives. So she's a woman in a man's world very powerful. Like, you know, when she was on the show, she's tough. You know, she's kind of like a Caroline Manzo, if that helps you. Uh-huh. Um, but even more so. And um, it was so interesting, Piper, though, because she, you know, they go to Sir and she's telling the story about, you know, Tom wanted to enter this talent show. Oh, my God. Even. Oh, my God. Even the story. It, it like the patterns are all here. She, she wanted to like, I don't know. He must have been like 11 or 12. He wanted to enter a talent show. The thing I'm saying, oh, my God, about it is she's like. 
it was all girls and then him and there's like 23 acts of girls and then tom comes out 24th and he does his thing sings and dances and apparently he won but what i wanted to say about when she tells the story she's looking at him you can just see she she loves him like she adores Uh him in a way that to me felt potentially very strong (laughs) very strong and i know her parents his parents were divorced Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know, you know, of course it gets my antennas tingling a little about this strong, powerful woman clearly has a lot of love for her little boy. You know, they're in a divorced home. I just start getting the sense of possibly like a lot of energy being thrown at him. But then what's also interesting, that very lunch, again, talking about pattern in this earlier in this episode, Tom had gotten a tattoo of an A for Ariana on his ass. It was sort of some drunken thing he did with Schwartz. And it's a horrible, ugly tattoo. But he did do it for Ariana. And at the lunch, Ariana suddenly brings up like, oh, does your mother know about the tattoo? And Tom gets this look on his face, just like the exact same look he gets on his face when Lisa starts bugging him. I can see it. (laughs) Yeah. And he's kind of like, oh, thanks. And then they start. And and then it cuts to an interview being like, you know, I know the tattoo is ugly, but it's like the ugliness of the tattoo it's blocking Ariana from seeing that I did this for her, you know? And so even that, I'm just like, right, here he is again. He's devoted. He's trying. I'm hearing this voice saying like, don't you see what I'm trying to do? Don't you see how good I am? And then it's like the women sitting around tisk tisking him over the tattoo. And it continues later when they're back at the apartment, mom makes him show the tattoo. They make fun of him. And mom literally says, Oh, we're picking on Tom. And then when I think about that one fight he had with Katie this season, right, where, you know, he's saying, you get to rage text as much as you want. If I send one text, it's a big deal. Then he says, fuck you for treating me like a psychopath for having my feelings. And so I guess I'm just saying all this because to me, I just always feel this flavor of Tom, the loving boy who's trying hard, who loves mom, like, I don't know, somehow getting picked at, poked, it's never good enough. The woman gets to have her strong, powerful energy, her strong feelings. But then when he comes back at her with something, he's the bad guy. But coming back to the question, it's like, I just feel this place in him that's furious. And that's where I feel the ambivalence. Like there's a part of him that loves women Like, I love you, mom. Like, you're so strong. You're cool. You're a firefighter. You give me all this energy. But in the place where you kind of fuck with me or you, you nurture me and you, you get off on something I bring, but then you turn it against me and you kind of pick at me or you, you tell me I'm doing something wrong. Like there's this voice that wants to like, stop picking on me. It's not fair. Stop it. And I think there's a rage there that he's not ever felt permission to let himself know. And I think if he were to let himself know it all the way, I think a lot of these relationships would change. Exactly. And what you were just saying about what you were moving in relation to his mother, that very exact thing you could have been saying to Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, can you say more? Like, here, I love you. I'm going to give you a percentage of this restaurant. I'm going to give you guys, you know, some creative creative outlet. And he gets so into it. And like you said, super into the details of it all. And all his creative juices are flowing. And then she's like, you're doing something wrong. You're not thinking about the right things. There's a way that this voice comes in to say that 
the way he is playing, the way that he's expressing, the way that he's moving his his creative energy is in some way not okay. And I think that you could put that into his messaging that may have came in. Like if he has the desire at a young age, as you did, to explore something that wasn't happening around him, is he is he an only child or does he have siblings? No, he has one brother. Older or younger? I don't know. Ah, that'd be interesting. I know. Was dad in the picture? Where was dad? How 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 old was he when they separated? You know, I, his dad came on the show one time. I should have gone back and watched that. He's close with his dad for sure. I don't know the answers uh-huh. to those questions, but... It's a good relationship. Yeah, but I have something I want to bring in about that, but I want you to finish where you were going. Yeah, no, I was just saying you've clearly identified patterns and that feels like a pattern that's living its itself out and i think this way that connection has come to him in a conditional way like you get my exuberant love and approval and connection but you can't you can't fully be you exactly there it is. You know, there's the place where you have to cut something off in yourself in order to maintain the way that I see you. And he's very attached to the way he's seen. Yeah. You can't be all of you. Yeah. I'm going to use you for the parts of you that feel really good to me. But if it goes too far, get away. I mean, I'm angry when I hear that. Like you said, that place where you feel like you're being fucked with from that energy. It's like a, that message that says, yes, yes, yes. No, that's too much. Yeah. You know, and, and that is so confusing. Yeah. It's and and here is the ambivalence. How can I stay connected to all this creative energy that wants to flow when I'm getting a message that it's wrong or it needs to be done another way, even related to the restaurant. It's like the new one uh, that they're doing. It's like, yeah, it's like they get to do whatever they want and then no, they don't. You know, mm-hmm. there's like there's a way that he has all this vision. And mind you, I can see why people are coming in with some some limits for him. But I think he experiences it as a deep like a a, a message that's already been there that says yeah. you're not going to get it. You don't get to have this. Yeah. And I think. To your point, it, it, this is where it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because if let's say we're onto something, if Tom gets obsessive and tunnel vision as an unconscious way, you know, because there's something in him, right? He got a message that all of him's not welcome. It's not safe for his creative energy to flow. And if this creative energy does flow at some point, it's going to mean, yeah, he's got to feel this rage and relationships are going to change. Like he's trying to sort of do everything still as the good little boy, right? So he's still cutting parts of himself off. And so again, our kind of working theory is that might be part of the unconscious um what's unconsciously underneath him obsessing over things stalling things getting too complicated in the details but then that's the very thing that causes someone from the outside quite reasonably to come in and say guys what the f are you doing so it's like he's he's almost unconsciously trying to protect himself from something kind of coming in and invading by hoarding the vision and making it way more difficult than it needs to be. But then that's the very thing 
that sets him up to be quote unquote criticized, even though, yeah, in this instance, I mean, I have to say as someone who's not a Lisa Vanderpump fan, one of the few things that I will actually enjoy about her is that she is this, obviously she's, she's a, um, you know, she's a businesswoman who has successful businesses and there's something she knows and she does there. And I always appreciate someone who can kind of come in and make things happen. And I think her concerns are quite valid. And I did drop in a little, around him like in that scene they had at the bar in the season finale and just when she started expressing her concerns and I experienced it as Tom as like ouch like it's a cut to my heart like this hurts my heart in a really deep way and even if we think about that conversation again just to bring in this masculine feminine thing what does he say to her he says you support the girls more than you support us so it's just so interesting how it's it's still getting framed, the guys versus the girls, the masculine versus the feminine. And the last thing I'd also say about all this, just to respond to what you said, I just so agree with you about this idea that his relationship with Lisa Vanderpump reflects this pattern. It really is this thing of we're inviting you into this bar, we're calling it Tom Tom, we're kind of capitalizing on your and Tom's personas and we're using it in a way that feels good to us. But yeah, it's like, we like a lot of it. We like it in the way that it works for us. And we're inviting you in, in a way that keeps you literally small in terms of percentage. And the second though, that it kind of doesn't work for us, we're saying no to it. So yeah, it really is that energy. And it feels to me like, you know, if I hear him, it's like, believe in me. You Mm -hmm. know, the quest is I need someone to believe in me and it's not coming. And I think that goes to like, believe in my goodness, believe in my, my intentions, uh, my ideas. And I think he really actually believes in them. Oh, totally. His own, own. like he has so much passion and he's so behind his, um, the things that he does move out on his own. And that's the interesting thing, right? Like when he gets to give to people, when he gets to create a party or a, a, you know, an event, he's great at it. He pays a lot of attention to detail. He puts a lot of thought into things. He takes good care. And again, he kind of gets made fun of for it he gets there's a way that it gets sort of cheapened or it hurts me a little bit sometimes when I hear people on the show but also people outside the show talking about it but it is that extra that I was talking about that feels like it's actually hiding his like if he could just stand there and show his love you know Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, in some ways, I agree with you, but I also sometimes understand their frustration because what I'm always aware of with the way he gives is that I I do feel the demand in it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like what you're saying. It's like there's something he wants seen. And it's almost like, like I talked about this with Beverly Hills and I felt this with Sutton and her relationship to gift giving. Like I felt there was like this shadow artist in her gift giving where there's this deep creativity in her that like comes out through her gifts. But then she wants it, it feeds her in a way and she wants it seen and recognized. And I feel something similar with him where it's like to your point. Yeah, it, it's. It's interesting, right? Because I talked about taking the long way around. Like I'm hearing the word sidelines now. It's like, I've got this love to give. 
I, there's a way in which I won't just stand there directly and give it because yeah, everything we mentioned, right? There's fear. I'm going to be cut down. There's not room for all of me. So I'm going to kind of funnel it into these things over here for my friends and put all the energy into it. And yeah, it becomes totally extra. And I'm doing this for you. And I want you to see <laughs> something. But the, you know, the, and then what happens though is, I mean, he's, he wants something to be, oh, there's so much. He wants something <laughs> to be seen, right? But then to your point, he's not standing strongly and visibly in it. So a lot of times it doesn't get seen, right? And then yeah. I think that's infuriating to him, but he's also the one who's not showing it plainly and when he is funneling it into these events right he's also doing i mean i think this is a big part of the issue he's doing it for people like yeah you know what it doesn't surprise me that jacks isn't gonna fully receive how far you went to get him this amazing present it doesn't fully surprise me that james kennedy you know, on the other side of things might not fully appreciate everything you did with Richella or that Tom Schwartz can't own or acknowledge that you're the driving force because these people, you know, these are not necessarily like the most conscious, for lack of a better word, high vibration people. And it's almost like that's part of it too, where I feel this voice in Tom, especially when it's like a Jax or a Schwartz, where it's like, I'll stay down here with you. Yeah, like I'll hang out here with you. But again, it's it's sort of like there's a demand. See what I'm I'm staying here with you. Like I'll hang out here. I'll stay in the swamp with you. That's is how proving something. Well, I think I mean, this is where I get, com- get complicated. I think it's so many things. I mean, I think part of it is it again in the place where some part of him doesn't want to fully move his big creative energy in a way that's like bold and direct. And allows him to really thrive in life. I think it serves him. It serves him to be attached. You know what I mean? To these people who are kind of like a weight around his neck, right? Because it becomes a convenient excuse to stay small. Maybe this is a good place to bring in the other thing that was sort of coming through earlier around sort of men, though. It's like... Before you, were, you do that, yeah. I just want I just want to name, you know how you were saying sometimes what happens here in this container sort of helps reveal something that I've noticed like so much comes in for you and there's an excitement. You get very animated and it feels extra. It feels so big and it almost feels like I don't know how to follow all these thoughts at the same time. You know, there's too much here. I have too much connection to all that needs to come through me. So I just wanted to to name that because that also feels related to him. Well, and that that goes right back to that moment I had earlier where I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Remember when I was like, there's so much here. It's so complex. Oh, it really, oh. That re- I don't mm. know, it just, it, yeah, it hit my heart. You know, I was like, oh. He's got so much going on. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He's got so much to give. And I feel like he doesn't know how to give it. And he's trying Mm -hmm. to hold on, I think, to a lot of relationships that he thinks really matter to him. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I I think it's just affecting me because this is part of him I have never felt before. Like, I've never felt his relationship to complexity or... Yeah, having so much to give and wanting to give it all. Because look, I mean, one thing we'll say is for a guy who a lot of his energy feel feels stifled and stymied, he's still creating a lot. Exactly. So it's a testament to how much is in there. That's right. Mm. 
you're starting to mention men. Um, you were asking me what would be required for him to kind of spread his wings. And so the first thing was, oh, he'd have to be willing to own his rage towards the women in his life and women and the part of him that's just outraged over feeling stymied. And then I just suddenly like the men in his life came in, these sort of weak, fickle men like Schwartz, like Jax. And I suddenly just felt the part of him that feels so disappointed by the men in his life. And it's kind of like that voice of like, where, where are you in all of this? Like where, you know, or to dad, where were you? So, you know, when I think about him and his parents, right. Again, if I use this kind of friend circle, it's like possible evidence of patterning. It's like, oh, the crazy headstrong woman who gets to do whatever the fuck she wants and sort of runs over the guy. Oh, the guy, like I got his back, you know, what he could be if it weren't for Katie, if it weren't for Stasi. So I always sort of wondered about that in terms of like, did he watch his father get railroaded? Was his father someone he felt kind of like, oh, who he could have been? But I just mentioned that because then there's this other voice that comes in. Like I said, that's like, where where were you? Like just the disappointment over what I would call the weak or emasculated male who didn't step in and say like, stop, this is enough. Or Tom, I've got you. I've got your back. Or I support you. Or you're okay. Or whatever it is he would have needed. From well, that's what he gives, right? Mm-hmm. To these other men. He's letting what he needed come through somehow, maybe. He's that protector. He's that one who's saying you don't have to live like this. But again, he's doing it for men that are so... It's like I always want to say, like, are these men worthy of this love, Tom? You know, that's what I've always noticed about him. It's like you... Because to me, yes, I've always felt his heart. And I've always been like, so why are you surrounding yourself with what you're surrounding yourself with? And I don't mean that in a way where he's a victim. That is a choice. And I think it says something. Well, my read is this is a place where he gets to feel a little powerful. Like the way I read his relationship with Tom is I'm the one that gets, gets it all done. I'm the one that's doing everything. For me, I feel like the relationship... From his perspective, I, I I don't know if this is true or not, but my feeling is not that he thinks he's better than, but he has more pull or power or I read him as in these relationships, he has more he, like his thought process or yeah. his, his senses. I'm the more stable one. I'm the stronger one. I'm the smarter one. I'm the one that has capital. I'm the one that something like that, where maybe these relationships with these men help him feel something that he didn't have with his relationship with his mom. Well, and as you say that, it's also like, yeah, he gets access to these parts of himself, but it's also what I heard was without any real risk. Right. I don't have to step out from under the wing (laughs) because you say, you know, what I'm hearing is he would have to actually acknowledge and, and move through this rage. That's, somehow elusive to him or unconscious to him. And it's like, what I just feel is just just stepping out from a ramp, being able to risk the disappointment. Yeah. 
that to me is what's on the other side of the rage. So I let myself have my rage. I let myself have this place that says, you know, don't pick on me. This is who I am. I don't like this. Whatever boundaries I have to draw, the flavor I get from that, from a historical perspective, would be like, you know, what's coming back at him. I mean, it's just kind of like what we see what, what Katie's doing. It's like, Tom, what? You, look at how you're acting, you know, kind of that gaslighting thing. So, you know, he has to stay with his anger and then, yeah, risk disconnection. And in the face of that disconnection or that possible disconnection, then it's like the heartbreak, you know, and I really feel that place of the words I hear. It's like, I'm just being me, you know, and why am I not enough? Is that what you meant when you said disappointment? Yeah, like the perceived or the feared disappointment from mama bird from you know from the from the one that he's hiding underneath right now because I just feel like if he just stepped out of it and stood for and you know I know that you're connected to all this rage and for some reason I just feel it maybe because I'm more the in the position of the mom you know and my take on it is yes step out step out disappoint me let me be wrong, like prove, like do your thing and let me see you. I can't see you under here because all I can, like if I'm holding the energy of mom or the women, it's like you're under here and you're fidgeting around and you're, you know, you're, you're all this, all this, and I can't contain you really. So I keep reprimanding you or doing something poking at you to keep you either under here or to push you out a little bit and I feel like his need for the connection has been stronger than his need for his independence and maybe this is the place where the risk is standing for what he believes in and either really soaring or failing and making those adjustments on his own. But for now, he's just going to keep saying stuff. But I think he has the capacity, even if it gets messy out from underneath, even if he can't really take off the way he believes he can, he's going to figure out a way. But he never will if he stays underneath this. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think also one of the pieces that comes to me is if let's just say there was a flavor of what's called covert or emotional incest, which I guess to briefly explain that it's just a situation in a household or family where a parent gets emotional needs fulfilled by a son or a daughter, or there's kind of a, a, a covert intimacy. So that's what I'm speaking to when I say, I feel this possibility of like the way that mom sort of seems to sort of love him and look at him like that. There may have been a lot of energy being thrown his way. And I think, you know, when people grow up with that dynamic, whether it's subtle or more extreme, I think there's also something like, I feel like in a way you're speaking from the point of view of the healthy mother, but (laughs) that notion I wouldn't say healthy. I would say maybe more conscious. Yeah. But if if he did perhaps grow up with any kind of whispers of covert incest, like that disappointment, that possible disappointment that you would provoke in mom or, you know, a dad in certain situations, it, 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 it can feel really like, like I'm really doing something wrong. Like I'm responsible for this woman's emotional life. And if she's disappointed as a result of how I show up or don't show up, that's like, you know, it's big. It's not just like, okay, well, you know, I just have to get through the disappointment. I think for a lot of 
people, it triggers a very kind of young fight or flight. This is kind of like the end of the world. I cannot, I can't do that. Of course. But that's the belief from that young place where you wouldn't have been able to. And the truth is you can. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so what I was going to say too, just to kind of round this all out is, you know, I've thought before about, you know, what, what would be great? For Tom, like how 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 do you take someone like Tom, who's got the energy and the vision, but also sometimes can be his own worst enemy with his <laughs> unwieldy, extra, overly obsessive vision? And it's interesting because the the vision I always get for him is like I, what I wish for him is that he could like get out from under fucking shady ass Lisa Vanderpump with all her what Lisa <laughs> her strange spider web universe. Oh, okay. Speaking of patterns, I just have to drop this in there because I was rewatching some stuff. I don't know if you remember this, but when um, Tom had that huge fight with Stassi at Tom Tom over whatever that like her book signing and book signing thing. Uh-huh. What's so funny is when he comes in, he and Ariana are talking about the fact that that morning he got bit by a black widow spider and spider um, often symbolize the devouring mother. So I just thought it was so interesting, like watching that back. I mean, here he is in the heart of his like rage against the woman who, because I think the whole thing about that was Stasi didn't go through him. And he literally said in interviews, it's like, all this could have been fixed if Stasi had just come to me. So there was a way in which he was feeling bypassed by the woman or, you know, not seen, not heard by the woman, not respected in his power as the owner of tom tom by the woman and literally he comes in saying i got bit by a spider black widow spider i just had to bring that in there because i I was mentioning lisa's spider web mm-hmm. but yeah my vision for tom it's like i wish i always wish for him that he could find the image that always comes in is someone like gordon ramsay a really tough firm successful guy who's not has no interest i mean again talk about covert incest lisa vanderpump is just the embodiment of blurred boundaries and dual relationships and inappropriate like involvement in people's personal lives like a strong male entrepreneur feels important for him who would like he could mentor under and learn from but someone who's not going to put up with his bullshit (laughs) not going to coddle him Someone who's really going to teach him this is the way it goes and kind of put him through a boot camp that could refine. But the thing that this would require, and maybe this is kind of like a final theme to introduce all this, because I'm kind of interested to see your take on this, what it would require of him, which I think is really difficult for him, is humility. Exactly. And I think, yeah, there's something for Tom about humility that is very, 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 very difficult. I agree. And I think one of the ways to counter that is my feeling is that controlling nature that comes in around trying to create his vision and and manipulate all the situations that allow him to to move out what he wants to move out. I, I really feel like he should do something on his own. I feel like that would teach him what he needs to know even without a mentor, like that would be his mentor. That's interesting. Um, and that that would be the humility that he would need to sort of recognize what he is lacking, what's missing, and then he could seek that out. But I don't think he's going to be able to identify it because so many people are 
again, it's like that skirting around something. It's like he's holding on to everything that he knows as if it is the way it is. Okay, put it out there. That's what I'm saying. Step out from out of that. Whatever financial support, whatever, whatever support you're taking in from staying small, get big. Find mm. out what it feels like. Really feel yourself out there on your own and see what you're made of. Because I think he has the ability to kind of figure it out. I do too. And isn't it interesting, actually, that this season they mentioned how his mom is investing in this bar? His mom is. I was curious because when I watch these, I'm calling them kids because I'm old. But, you know, I think that's part of why I've never been that attracted to Vanderpump because it's like a generation below me. And it's feels problematic in so many ways. But... (laughs) I'm like, where is this guy getting this type of money to buy the things that he buys? He spends a shit ton of money. I mean, Piper, he's on a really successful TV show. And not only does he get his salary from that, but all the appearances. And then also remember Tom, I mean, to his credit, he stayed in that rent-controlled one-bedroom apartment for years. I, I There's no way he was paying more than $1,000 his share for that if if that because he shared mm-hmm. it or no maybe it was a two bedroom yeah i bet like one thousand or less so he or... probably saved and invested and saved and invested and yeah he he earns a lot of money from the show so i think that's part of it but yeah i mean i just think it's interesting in context of everything we're talking about like he, this bar that he's striking out on his own and mom's investing in it oh that's interesting yeah i'm so drawn to what you brought in around him striking out on his own I'm just so curious what I feel in him around the notion of striking out on his own and sort of not doing it with anyone. It really feels like I just feel sadness. Like I feel as him, it's like a deep aloneness. And then there's also anger. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this all alone. Hmm. Why am I alone? Like he feels suddenly he feels alone to me, you know, deep down. Hmm. Like there's just a real sense of aloneness and he doesn't want to be alone so it's almost Mm -hmm. like you know you see this a lot right let me resist doing things on my own because I don't want to feel alone when in actuality if you were willing to strike out on your own and really kind of honor yourself and own what you have to bring in like we were saying at the beginning a direct way and connect with yourself more fully that way, there would actually be deeper connection on the other side. It just wouldn't be in the same kind of codependent, I'm going to drag you along, but then I'm going to expect things from you. And meanwhile, like I'm taking the long way around and then people don't see what I'm doing and all this, you know, it's like, it's, he's, that's the swamp he's in. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I had so much feeling when you, you know, just shared that piece because in some way, all the maneuvering that he does right now is also deeply lonely. You know, there's a way he's still not feeling fully like his, his generosity isn't fully being taken in his, his ideas, his concepts aren't being taken seriously. He's, he's somehow being poked at, you know, for uh, different types of expressions. And so I actually have this sense that going out on his own would create the humility that allows him to actually give from that other place that we were sort of 
talking about in the the antithetical way, the the way that he gives with a demand, like his gifts would just, they would relax a little, it feels like. His energy would be more direct and clear and clean. And then, I don't know, to me, it feels like it would welcome more to him naturally. He wouldn't have to be doing the extra to get it and then not benefiting from the actual connection that it potentially could offer him. Yeah, that's what that's exactly what I meant. When I said he feels so alone, I meant precisely that. Like he feels so alone oh, right now. Like yes, yeah, in the midst yes. of everything. Like underneath it, he feels so alone. Yeah, I agree. And fighting it. Yeah, exactly. Like fighting it tooth and nail. And it's like, do you like me now? Do you love me now? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, and like you said, kind of creating all this production and circus to to sort of keep it at bay. And the thing that I'm always saying to my clients, for me anyway, in terms of life being a hologram, like in the sense of the smallest particle is a reflection of the largest macro big picture and vice versa. Everything's a reflection of everything else. I always say like everything starts with our relationship to ourselves. Right. And so that's what I mean when I say it's like, it it feels like he does everything to combat what he fears is going to be an experience of aloneness, but in combating it, he's abandoning himself on a certain level. So all of these attempts for the connection and, and being received, I think, that he keeps trying to create, it, it doesn't work because he's betraying certain aspects of himself, you know, and he's and, and again, he's he's doing it in ways that circumvents the direct expression of his energy, right? But if he were willing to go out there on his own, to bring his energy more directly to the world, feel that aloneness that might temporarily be painful or uncomfortable what he is essentially doing then is connecting more deeply to himself exactly stepping in stepping in fully realizing all of who he is and meeting himself there what a better way to come out and meet others from you know without something fully realized like you said those those relationships just reflect the place that you're not quite together or or fully wholly available yeah and it just like the the image i get is he's just beating his head against the wall it's like he's trying to be seen by people who are Mm. never going to fully see him Mm, i know i that that at the this last episode that that piece where you're talking about lisa oh my gosh i wish i could have just sat next to him (laughs) just said take a breath like really just be he just he so wanted her approval and to be seen by her I had the feeling that he got something, though. I think he really saw, I don't know what it was exactly, but his face changed. He was so mad and he was so, you know, like, I, I think all the things that you were just talking about, like the, the loneliness, the, the trying, the not being seen, the not being trusted or believed in, it's like, it, it kind of, it hit him, but I don't know. I just felt something right there, almost like that's, that's where he finds determination, you know, that maybe that's what he lands in to move out on his own. Well, did you hear what he said in the interview afterward? I couldn't believe it. He says in the interview afterward, he's like, because I thought he was going to go somewhere else with it. He says something like secretly. Oh, yeah. He starts saying secretly. I think Lisa can't wait. And I thought he was going to say to see us fail. 
And instead, he said, secretly, I think Lisa can't wait to eat her words when we succeed. And I was just like, oh, Tom. <laughs> no, no, you're mm-hmm. not getting it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. and you're like again it's like he this is where it happens it's like you're you're gonna go that's and, the rage that's the rage right there and he's still he's still he wants to be seen by her oh mm-hmm. we're gonna do it and it's gonna be great and then she's and gonna, you're see gonna it. eat your words yeah and i get to be the good little boy who also gets mom's love and i, I i'm finally seen that's what i'm here it's like i'm finally get seen like finally they see how good i am Finally, they see I can do it all. And it's just, I mean, I just want to say to them, like, give it up. Like, give yeah. it up, Tom. Yeah. They're never going to see you the way you want to be seen. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you're cutting yourself off from so much of yourself. Yeah. Trying to play by their rules. <sighs> well, feels like we did a pretty uh, thorough job. It just feels like there's, like you were saying, like the, it's, a, it's like a flood of information that comes that is so sort of wrapped up in so many different ways. And there's so many examples to kind of give to illuminate it. And yeah, I'd be interested to hear this again and to see what came through and what really got covered because it feels pretty thorough. And I can just, I feel there's something else and I don't know what it is. Maybe I'll I'll sit on it and, and send it to you in a comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you want to take a final? I literally feel like it's not going to come mm. in, in a succinct way. It feels like it needs, it really needs like maybe another half hour of, because I relate to everything that you said. And again, I think because I am the mother, I can feel what I want for him, not in an incestuous way, but literally for him. And um, it's something related to that, like, like, let go, <laughs> let go, mm-hmm. step out. That, that's what that's the feeling I just keep having. Just step out. I'm never going to I am never going to see you until you step out. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say to your point. Yeah, there are so many threads here and it's like. None of this is presented as the whole or complete picture. Even the stuff, for example, talking about his mom. It's like there are many threads in all of our relationships with our parents, you know, and there are many different messages and sometimes they're conflicting and contrasting. And I feel like what we're doing on these podcast episodes in our playful exploration that may or may not be true is we're identifying certain threads. And it's yes. not to say that it's the whole complete picture and that there aren't other threads that complete the picture. And I think it's interesting that I'm naming that because I also think, again, it's a bit of a reflection of Tom's field where I'm just continuing to sit with this notion that came in of this is a really complex guy who's got a lot going on. And I think for me, the last thing I would just sort of bring in or rename is just all these different parts of him where it feels like there's an entrepreneur, there's a bar owner, there's, I don't know, a spiritual guy who is a sexual healer and sexually fluid. And it just feels like it's, it's rich and it's vast and it's not all or one thing. And it's funny when I was sitting with how deep and rich and complex he felt, I was feeling it like in my, I want to say like definitely in my gross body, maybe in my lungs. And it's almost like I felt, I got this image of almost like a butterfly unfurling its wings. Mm. And I felt it really strongly and vividly. 
I don't really know what I want to say about that or why it felt important to name it, but it felt like a, I want to say like a spiritual image, like this butterfly opening its wings and it feels slow, like this slow unfolding of these butterfly wings. And again, they're really kind of lined up with the lungs. They're visually corresponding with the lungs. I'm seeing his two lungs, his two unfurling butterfly wings. I mean, it keeps reminding me actually of that book, Red Dragon, which was the book that I think the movie Hannibal was based on. It was like the first story of Hannibal Lecter. And there's this art piece of the red dragon that the antagonist of that book is obsessed with. And my memory of that is that it's really about metamorphosis. Like that's the word I keep hearing, metamorphosis. And obviously butterflies represent metamorphosis. So when I drop into the flavor of this butterfly wings, I just keep hearing for Tom the word metamorphosis. And the quality of it, again, to everything that we're talking about, it feels like this this process of being with himself, it's within him, it's for himself, it's an alone process. And again, feeling the flavor of, yeah, it's not always comfortable. There's some anger attached, there's some sorrow attached, there's an experience of aloneness. But if he's willing to stay in that process, to let the wings slowly unfurl, I just feel for him the possibility of a deep metamorphosis in this lifetime which to me means deep transformation integration of all these different things we're talking about and i'm sure more because as we've explored there's a deep complexity here and i just feel this possibility for him like that this is a guy who really a lot could change Mm -hmm. you know his life could look very different in a dynamic satisfying i want to say the word brilliant comes to mind like brilliant in terms of colors richness a dynamic quality like a brilliance to it and it feels to me yeah if i just sort of follow that to its completion perhaps there's some real life task thing here around metamorphosis and what it means to transition from one state of being to a whole other in a way that integrates many different aspects and polarities including gender Awesome. My hope for Tom, because he's still young, is that um, he can continue to open up to more and more these different parts of himself and be willing to surrender a desire to be seen in a way that I don't think is ever going to happen how he wants. (laughs) So on that note, I actually thought that as a parting moment in the episode, we could actually pull a tarot card for Tom and see what information or guidance or hits want to come through for him if you're game for that. Absolutely, yes. So I've got my Osho deck right here. Are we going to ask a specific question of the deck or are we just getting general guidance? I mean, there are themes that we explored here today in terms of Tom's relationship to his big energy, his fluidity, him stepping out on his own, what that would mean. Like, do we want to ask a specific question for him or do we just want to get general guidance? Oh, I always love a specific question, but I kind of like based on what we've already opened up, maybe just something a little more general for him? Well, I'm exactly like you. Generally, I love specific questions. And actually, if you book a reading with me, I make you come in with specific questions. Having said that, I also feel like we channeled a lot of possible answers for him. 
yeah, there is something that feels kind of nice about let's just see what wants to come through message-wise. Any additional messages? Something not through you and I, but through spirit completely. Mm, Okay, so we're just asking in this field that we've created through Tom, for Tom, about Tom, we're just creating space for spirit to come through with any additional messages, guidance, or hits that might be helpful, both for Tom and for us and for everyone listening. (laughs) I love that you're including everyone look we're all part of this field right absolutely got the deck here in my hand just gonna connect to this intention for tom for the highest good for his highest good oh well one just kind of came into my hand take it your impulse is yes this is it that's it that's the one okay oh man well there's a few interesting things about this card given our conversation so i'll show it to you So for people at home, the card is called projections and the image is two people facing one another and it's a man facing a woman. Stop it. Right? I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? There's the image of both of their faces looking at each other and then behind each of them is almost like a more auric image of their face so they're, they're in the card there's a sense of like this is the face that the world sees and then behind or beyond that is another face and both sets of faces are looking at one another maybe i'll post this on my instagram so people can see it when i announce the episode so when i drop into this card and really take it in i mean obviously i can't help but immediately be aware of the fact that literally, I mean, we talked about the way that the masculine and the feminine live in Tom, his own ambivalence towards his own masculine and feminine energies and how both live in him and then how that gets reflected in the world around him. So I'm seeing a man and a woman facing off and I'm seeing them really taking each other in, in a really direct way. So to me, this card is really confirming just the importance of, of balance within Tom to both these energies and the way that they're looking at each other and taking each other in to me really speaks to letting himself know and see both these energies in a really direct way. What I'm also aware of though is for example, the guy in the most immediate image of their faces that's sort of closest to the forefront of the card, they both have kind of calm expressions But then their more auric faces are clearly more charged with emotion. Like the guy, to me anyway, I see like a real intensity in his expression and it feels like there's an anger there. The woman, her expression doesn't feel angry to me. It just, she just feels more, how do I say this? Like her lips are fuller. Her eyelashes are fuller. She feels just more embodied in her energy in general like it feels to me like she's just more charged with intense energy she feels lusher to me if i'm to connect us to what we discussed certainly the willingness to let himself know his anger connected specifically to the stymied masculine right because that's what we talked a lot about so that's like a huge key in letting himself have a more direct connection to his own masculine energy and then for the woman well to me it's just kind of an indication that in this balance in this willingness to own these energies in himself more fully it's like he's gonna have access to more of that lush intensity and life force energy that he can bring to his life 
I want to say there's also something here about projections, just that word, what people project onto him, what they want from him and of him. What then comes in is like something I want to say about like, yeah, the painful experience of that for him, of being seen for what people want of and from him, as opposed to really being seen for the truth of who he is and that being enough for other people. Yeah. And I was thinking the opposite, like the way he projects on like the assumptions that he might make based on the way he, he loves, you know, we talked about the way that he, he takes care of people and, and loves people. And there's some way that that feels like he projects onto them something about what he's needed somehow. So I was just kind of feeling that little piece too. I was remembering what we were kind of mentioning when we talked about how elaborate, like how lush his giving is. And so as you were kind of talking about that lushness as like a a guidance around watching his own projections as well Mm -hmm. that he may put place on others in terms of giving and receiving. So it's almost like you're speaking to an invitation perhaps to him cultivating awareness around what does he expect from others when he gives to them? Yeah, what are the demands that he's placing on relationships? So, I mean, again, we saw this play out, right? And they're speaking about it on the show. I have an experience that I'm giving a lot to Schwartz, but obviously there's a place where some part of me wants that seen or recognized or there is a certain level of respect that I want for that. So just identifying those places, where do I have a demand in what I'm giving? What am I asking of other people in the place where I give? Yes. This really does on some level feel like a battle within himself and specifically integrating these masculine feminine forces inside himself. There's just something about him letting himself know these energies for himself and how they live in him and then yeah how they want to be expressed in a direct way in the world without comporting them compartmentalizing them minimizing them for the benefit of anyone else it just brings me back to that experience of aloneness we talked about and kind of the sadness there of like i don't <laughs> i don't want to do this for myself i don't want to be in a process that's on my own i want connection you know not realizing that connection lives on the other side of that integration connection lives on the other side of that willingness to walk a path that is his own which then allows himself to bring his authentic self directly And in doing so, he will draw people to him that can actually see him and hear him for him. Mm, Lovely. All right, Piper, do you have any final thoughts, comments? No, thanks for having me on the show. Always fun. I hope you feel good about all the ways you dropped in. I I have something to say after we close. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, No, it was my pleasure as always. I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm happy to have all you listeners here. Follow me on Instagram if you don't already. Jamie Stein, J-A-M-I-E-S-T-E-I-N. And feel free to go to hollywoodreadings.com to learn more about my work. All right, guys, see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.